format to get used to, but it's good, and um, yeah, I'm excited, super excited. So if everybody didn't get one of these, uh, I have more of these in my office. Uh, I think most of you probably did because you have such wonderful leaders that just provide you with all those things, um, but it's an amazing thing that you're really going to enjoy as we go through this study. So it's kind of a nice little addition to our book. Um, because I will forget, probably, because it's not in my notes, I want to start out with this. One thing, though, I did forget this morning, way off from where, where I'm going, but I just saw Brendan, it reminded me, and it's so random. But if anybody has a garden and wants coffee grounds for compost or whatever you use that for she would be happy to save them she feels bad throwing them away every week here because we go through quite a quite a bit um, but she doesn't have a garden so see brenda right there if that's something you're interested in all right there we go um, the other thing is you will see in your study guides that it makes reference to videos that Beth Moore has done, and they are available to you. It was just quite costly, to be honest, and I didn't want to put that burden on everybody to require that, so we tried to create a, um, a format that we can do it without. They are excellent. I highly recommend them, but it is not a must. Uh, we are trying to, in this 30 minutes, take what she says in an hour. That's why we can't show them here because they're an hour long and that would have cut into your small group time. So we're trying to take enough of what she says to fill in our blanks, to have the content, the information. Um, but the videos are excellent, highly recommend them. And there's a little thing, but they are an hour long um, and she has 10 of them, I believe. So. There's that. So I want to just tell you quickly how we came about um, having this study or choosing this study. About a year ago, I always start thinking about what we're going to do for the following year. And I really wanted to do Exodus. We had done Genesis, and that was so good. And so I wanted to do Exodus. So I started reading and rereading Exodus and trying to think about how we're going to write this Bible study to fit into 11 weeks. 
and it wasn't coming together for me. And um, but I was still thinking about it, praying about it. And Cheryl Arns um, talked to me at some gathering that we were at, and uh, she said, "Oh, she was so excited about this study that she was doing." And she's like, "Have you heard of it? It's a woman's heart, God's dwelling place by Beth Moore. It's all about the tabernacle." And she went on to share all this insight that she had. Um, just the excitement. She had done it before, right, Cheryl? You had done it before, and she was just redoing it, and she was so excited. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to check it out. I ordered it. I had Christy order it and said, would you start going through this as well and, and then give me your um, opinion on, on what you think? Well, I have been honestly in tears almost ever since I started, at least when I'm in, I'm in it, because of the eye-opening things that I have seen and just the coolness of God, you know, I mean, the awesomeness of God, I guess, if we want to say, be more reverent. Um, but... Um, Anyway, and so that, and it's from Exodus, okay? It's not the entire book of Exodus, not the entire story, but what she does is ties in from Genesis to Revelations the importance of God dwelling with his people, and it is phenomenal. So that's how we came about this, and I just want to say that God has been so faithful to lead us year after year into what we choose and... Um, I'm just so thankful that he does. And each one of you are here today, um, and I'm excited to for this journey that we're about ready to go on. And I think I'm jumping way ahead of my notes. So um, let's see. Yeah, okay. So we're starting right in now. Throughout the next 10 weeks, and it's going to feel a little rushed today, I'm going to say that, because... It is going to be rushed. There's a lot of content to get through. It's going to appear more as bullet points, probably. Um, but we will fill in the blanks, and you will have an overview of what is to come. So we're going to quickly go through uh, what the ten, next 10 weeks is going to look like. Um, we'll join the Israelites out in the wilderness and where God has instructed them to build a tabernacle so that he could dwell with them, and that's the overview. I could stop right there. But anyway, um, the study, as I talked about earlier, is, is not driven by the video, so it's a little bit different how we will do our homework now when we leave here. You'll do the first week of homework. You'll meet with your small group, and you'll discuss the homework. Then you'll come back in here for a, a speaker that will... Um, give like a summary of everything that you've already studied. So if you struggle getting your homework done, just know that you're going to hear all about it in your small group and then again at the end. So, so you're going to get it. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Um, <clears throat> I, wanted, I want to just quote Beth here from her video, the reason why she explains that she did it this way, and I just think this is so cool. She says, I want you to have the joy of discovery, just like I experienced when I first studied it. I want you to have that moment with God without anyone else in it, that moment when you begin to see the whole thing come together. And if anybody's done a Beth Moore, you can picture her saying it. She didn't say it like that. You know, it would have been like, I want you to. 
Okay, so she is very adamant about wanting you to have the same experience that she experienced when she wrote the study many years ago. This was the first study that she ever wrote, by the way. Yeah. And then they redid it again in 2007. All right, so we're going to start in on what our homework looks like, week one. Um, your first week of homework really is super important um, because we're going to start at the beginning of the Word of God. She actually has a starting in Genesis, and we're going to do an overview of man's history um, with God to bring us up to the point of Israel's history now. You'll have more reading in this particular week in your homework than in any other um, I hear some of you groaning already. Maybe some of you are groaning when you saw the booklet. It's so nice and thick and big. But here's the thing. I don't want you to be discouraged by this, but think of it as just finding a little bit of time every day. What does that look like? Um, I had done a challenge a while back where I wasn't doing good time management and something popped up somewhere that I saw about looking at your phone. And you can actually, I think mine tells me on Sunday how much time I've spent on it, whatever. I encourage you to do it because whew, I'm not a phone person. And I was really surprised at how much time I had been on my phone. But I do think there's so many th things that we do that we don't realize are sucking time out. And so let's really commit to this time of applying yourself to this. And here's why it's so important. Because you're going to be compiling the whole of, um, lot of history from this very first week. It's going to kind of set the foundation for where we're going. We'll start at the Garden of Eden. Um, so that you can see what brings them to this place where God says, you have them, you have them make a sanctuary for me. He's talking to Moses there. And why is this such big news that God says to them, I will dwell with them? Well, this will make sense and we'll understand it better, but we have to go back to the garden, back to the fall, and back to the flood. Throughout the course of Israel's early history, touching on all of those to bring us to the second week of homework. The second week of homework is going to bring you up to date in the life of Israel. So we'll catch up with them in the actual wilderness. We're going to see what life is like for them. Uh, we're going to get it set in their real time. And then as of day one of week three, we begin constructing the tabernacle. And you guys, it's going to blow your mind. And you don't have to be writing anything right now. If you're all, I see some nervous faces like, oh, where am I supposed to be putting that down? Nowhere yet. I'll let you know when you're going to fill in a blank. Um, this is just an overview of kind of the, the weeks coming. What week are we on? Three. Uh, then week four. Um, under uh, Yeah, so then we're going to learn the history to bring us up to this point in Scripture. And then all the way through week nine, uh, we'll work on the tabernacle, constructing every part of it, understanding what the priesthood is like. We'll see every single element that was part of the sanctuary, what it was for, what happened, and the miracles surrounding it. It's going to be so eye-opening for anyone who for sure hasn't done it, but even if it's your second or third or fourth go-around, you're going to have your eyes open, I think, to new things. So I look forward to 
this journey with you guys, and this is what I'm asking of you. Let me know your response. Let me know what you're struggling with or what you find um, super exciting. I love hearing people's stories, so please share that with me um, on a weekly basis. That would be awesome. Week 10, then the very last chapter, week 10, we see what happened to the ark, what happened to the contents of the tabernacle up until today's date. And, um, and how God has made his dwelling place among men from beginning to end. And I'm saying it like bullet points, but I tell you what, you guys, it is amazing, this idea of God wanting to dwell with us. So it's more exciting than I'm sounding right now. Um, <clears throat> go ahead now. You can open your viewer guide book right there. Turn to page seven in your workbook. And we'll fill in some points as we go along. So as we look at the Old Testament tabernacle, these three purposes or these purposes become clear when we open our spiritual eyes to at least three important aspects. And we're going to explore these three things together. <clears throat> the first one is the wonder of God's pursuit of man. So that's a fill in the blank. God's pursuit of man the wonder of. <clears throat> I'm going to stop just a moment on, at the word wonder. If we let God do it, our capacity to be amazed by him will expound to places we never imagined. Wonder. And she has a quote here by Abraham Heschel from the book um, God in Search of Man. It says, Awe precedes faith. And if he's right, if you just come to a place of the study of scripture where you're awed by God, you'll have an explosion of faith because awe precedes faith. He writes in the book, the loss of awe is the great block to insight. A return to reverence is the first prerequisite for the revival of wisdom. I wonder if anyone here needs a revival of wisdom. He says it begins with the revival of awe, wonder. And not just any kind of wonder, but the wonder of God and his pursuit of us. It's astonishing, really, that God is the one who chases us down, and it's mind-blowing you see it from the beginning of time to the very end. It's God who pursues man, not man who first pursued God. God's pursuit of you is now ever-present. Your God is after you. The trouble that he went to, the elaborate detail of planning, even the suffering... Everything that brings us into the study today has been his pursuit. Even us wanting to do a study is his pursuit of us pursuing him. So you're here because your spirit's answering back to him. So I hope today that you feel special. You feel picked out, pursued, and chased down. We're going to turn quickly to Genesis 3, 
Um, we'll be starting here in our homework, so we're not going to spend much time, but I want um, you to see God pose a question. In the Gospels, Jesus often asked a question, not because he didn't have the answer, but because he wanted the person to think about the response and to reply back. It was an initiation of dialogue. Yep, there it is. And they heard the, the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Of course, God knew exactly where Adam was. But he wanted Adam to think about where he was as an individual and answer back. He wanted this dialogue with Adam. So today I just pause here for a moment and ask you, where are you? Where do you find yourself in this exact season of life? Like Adam, you might find yourself in a pit of sin, believing that God just merely tolerates you or your presence on this journey. But however, God's response is not mere tolerance, something much deeper. You're here because God pursued you. Maybe you're going through a time of physical and spiritual prosperity. Life is full. Things are good. At least they were when you left home this morning. Some of you are going through a time of intense loneliness, feeling of isolation, Maybe you're expecting a baby, new life, new changes, a time of rejection, a time of betrayal. Raising little ones, struggling with infertility. Whatever it might be, God begins this journey with you. He begins it by saying to you, where are you right now? at this moment, and he's waiting for your answer. So tell him where you're at, because he says, I'm pursuing you. Wherever you are, whatever state you're in right now, I hope you leave here today feeling that you're pursued by God. So what we are about to anticipate and enjoy is the beauty of this. This is our second point, the beauty of God's consistency. Another fill in the blank there. I love book work. It's awesome. Um, so if there's anything for you guys to see in the next 10 weeks, it is the beauty of God, not just his consistency, but his beauty. The psalmist, as Jalise already read this morning, says, One thing I have desired, one thing I seek after, that I may see the beauty of the Lord. We're going to see the absolute consistency of God and the beauty of that consistency. I'm trying to gauge my notes here. Um, 
I love this. I can't, I can't pass it up. But you have to know that before God ever breathed a breath into Adam, his entire calendar for planet Earth was already scheduled in. We are not plan B. Plan A is still going on. The cross was not plan B. The lamb was slain, the Bible says, uh, tells us, and we will see it in our study before the foundation of the world. In other words, it was already set into motion. God knew everything that would come to pass. The absolute consistency is right on schedule. There are a lot of things we don't know. There are a lot of things that we might not be certain about. But I can tell you this. You can know that what you're doing on the planet, you're here because God wanted you here. And you're here because God's pursuing you. He has been consistent from beginning to end in his plan of his pursuit of man. Now you can take note of something. The tabernacle itself in the context of this dwelling place is first mentioned in Exodus 25 and it's last mentioned in Revelations 21. From Exodus and even glimpses in Genesis, but from Exodus all the way to the very end of God's word, stretching across it is this particular word. It's the Hebrew word mishkan translates tabernacle. This one word is used 139 times. And here's a couple of points about this dimension of God's consistency. According to Anchor Bible Dictionary, more verses of the Pentateuch, that means the first five books of the Bible, are devoted to the tabernacle than any other object. That's mind-blowing, right? How important this is. From beginning to end, the Word of God is essentially about God dwelling with man until man chooses to receive the gift of, the son's sac of his son's sacrifice and dwells with him. When Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that's it. That's the ultimate. He came to us so that we can come to him. And you'll never see it more clearly. This is a quote from Beth. You'll never see it more clearly. Actually, a lot of these are from the video, so just... FYI, uh, you'll never see it more clearly than you'll see in this thing called the Old Ta Testament Tabernacle, then seen through the temple, then seen through Jesus tabernacling in our midst, then seen in what is today as the tabernacle of his presence, not made with human hands from beginning to end. God dwelling with man. That has me so excited, and I've done this study twice in the last six months, and I was like, yeah, so cool. All right, quickly, let's look at Exodus 25, um, verse 8. It says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Then if we look down at verse 40, it says, and see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain, exactly like the pattern that I will show you. At the very end of week two, you're going to be in Exodus 24, where Moses is called up on the top of the mountain. 
where he's receiving these instructions. Um, I think it's, yeah, Exodus 24, 17. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mount in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire up on the mountain. God tells Moses, I want you to prepare a sanctuary for me, but you have to do exactly like I tell you to. And then uh, what he says in 2540, and see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain. It sounds like it's past tense, shown you on the mountain, but I want you to see a more lit literal rendering. According to the New International Commentary of the New Testament, the phrase shown you on the mountain literally means which you are caused to see. In other words, Moses was seeing it. God was showing him something on the top of the mountain that God caused his eyes to see. And he said, get a load of this. And then go down that mountain, go back to those people, and you're going to build a replica of what I am showing you right now. Every single part of it, we are going to study piece by piece. They were given exactly to the pattern that Moses was given by God. I'm going to read quickly in Hebrews 8, 5. I keep saying quickly, but anyway, Hebrews 8, 5. Um, and super exciting, Hebrews is a companion book to Exodus. And what's really exciting about this, we're going to do Hebrews in the spring. So that's very cool. But this is talking about the priesthood, and you're going to learn all about Aaron's priesthood. Um, but let's just glance here for a moment, centering on verse 5, and it's kind of hard to jump out of context. But they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things, they being the priests. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown on the mountain. So get this in your mind. It says that they served at a sanctuary. These words are going to become part, or are going to become important to us. Something of a copy and a shadow that was the reality that Moses was, whoops, shown. At least in some form that he got a glimpse of. When he was on the top of the mountain, God showed him something, something divine, he, God, caused his eyes to see. Shadow means exactly what you think it does. If you were walking in the sunlight and the sun was shining from here, you would see a shadow over there. So it's not the you, real you. It's a version of you. And depending on where the sun is, it can be tall and skinny you or it can be short and fat you, right? Um, and so, but it's, it's, it's not you, the reality is. And so that's exactly what this means here. Strong's definition um, of the word, that long word right there, um, <clears throat> translated copy is an exhibit for imitation, a pattern. So we're going to see as we go through an imitation of something, a replica of something 
that is an actual heavenly reality that God had Moses and the people build on the earth, and you'll learn to imitate, that's the wrong word, but um, we're gonna move right along. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, I'm sorry. Okay, further, Linsky's commentary on the New Testament offers these synonyms a sketch, a tracing, an outline for copy. Moses, you're to build a sketch of what you see as a heavenly reality. So the point is here, something up here is what Moses was instructed to build. And moms are getting up, and I still have some blanks to fill in, so let's just move along. It's, it's so much to fit into uh, a half an hour. Oh, thank you, Christina. You're awesome. Okay, well, we're going to hurry along anyway. Um, she will go more into this because there is so many, so many amazing things. But we're going to go ahead and go down to fill in the sides. So we're going to look at point three, the glory of God's son. That's uh, your fill in the blank there. So over the next 10 weeks, what the main point of it is, we're going to see Jesus. We're going to see Jesus revealed to us in ways that in really my particular experience, certainly through the Old Testament, I have never seen some of these things before. <clears throat> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, and I think, did we get all the blanks filled in? Okay. Well, we're going to move right along. There are so many good things, but... Um, we still have to fill in something about piece of a puzzle, right? Is that it? Okay, that's what it is, pieces of a puzzle. And basically what this all is, um, is God, this is so important, I have to say this, God opening our eyes, because this is going to be the challenge to you, and this is the commitment, so I'm going to do this quickly in a minute. Beth Moore, in all her studies, wants us to come together as a group to commit to something. <clears throat> and in this particular thing, she's saying, please come and commit to this for God to open our eyes. Um, what was the scripture? Okay, it's in Luke. I'm going to just give you the reference. You guys can read it, Luke 24, 25 through 26. And it's talking about the, remember the guys that were walking down the road after Jesus, and Jesus joined them. And um, he says in verse 40, 44, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And the challenge here is, can we sit before God and say, open my mind to understand what I am going to read? And and study today. And so she encourages us, and I want to encourage you every day before you do your study, pray 
that God will open your mind to what he has to show you. To understand, and I just have to say this, um, well, it's in your, I think it's in your book. Um, it's like collecting pieces of a puzzle, and that's what we are going to do, is collect pieces of a puzzle. Um, and, and Jesus' face is going to come so clear to us as we do this. So open my mind so I can understand. And so um, I just want to close our time actually just praying that prayer over us quickly. Um, there it is. Lord, okay, felt very rushed and very scattered, but I pray that you can take the idea of you dwelling with us, of you pursuing us, um, that it can settle in on us, Lord, and then challenge us to ask you to open our eyes, Lord. I know you want to open our eyes to the wonderful things, the amazing things of who you are, um, the details that you went to um, to dwell with us, and you continue to draw near to us and um, just the idea, Lord, that as we come to you, now you indwell us and we can take that to other people, Lord. So I thank you and I just um, pray that each person here, Lord, is that you cause their eyes to see, um, see the spiritual truths that you have for them and that we'll be thrilled and excited about your words and that our lives will be transformed um, from doing this, being in this word, being in the word, sitting at your feet, Lord, transform us. We love you, in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. Ah. Oh. Enjoy the rest of your week, and um, Hallelujah! We got off to a start. Yeah, won't say good, but a start. No, it's been wonderful, really, seeing all your faces. It's awesome. <laughs>